0: Why you may want to think twice before you say yes to being an executor or even a POA. Aging options, how can
1: we help?
2: I'm calling with a question about Medicaid.
1: It's time to know your options and master your future. So I'm looking for some advice, things to consider about retirement community. My life, my plan, my way.
2: He wanted us to roll his 401k in to an IRA, and we wondered if that was why.
1: LifePoint Law presents Aging Options with Elder Law Attorney and Life Planning Coach, Rajiv Nagayich. Rajiv has one of the most innovative elder law practices in the country. Health, housing, finance, legal, and family.
2: He has significant assets, and I'm just
1: wondering how those assets can be protected. Know your options.
2: There just didn't seem
3: to be a thing that I mentioned that you didn't already
1: know. Aging Options is not a law firm, but Rajiv is a lawyer. You should not reveal things you wish to keep confidential in this public setting. This program offers only general advice. Having your questions answered does not create an attorney client relationship. Contact your attorney or other professional to discuss your unique needs before taking any action related to the subjects discussed in this program. Now, here is nationally recognized Retirement Planning Authority and host of the national public television program, Master Your
0: Future, Rajiv Nagayach. And welcome to another edition of Aging Options, where we talk all things aging. If you happen to be aging, you probably are looking into your future. You're actually traveling into your future. What concerns do you have about getting there, and how can we help you make sure that the destination that you are embarking to reach – is going to be a good place to be. And the journey along the way is going to be one that you will want to look forward to and not one that will distract you from other issues. Uh, This is a show that we take your calls. If you have any questions, the easiest way to get your questions answered is just give us a call, 800 465 Eight seven seventy that's one eight hundred four six five eight seven seventy. Tharek is standing by by the phone with his hand on the receiver as soon as you call, he'll take the call and we can put you on the air and see where we can point you or we can point you in the right direction, hopefully, and each week we talk about stories which we have researched from the internet, stories we think you should be paying attention to. And if you go to AgingOptions.com and you will find four stories this week on the uh, on the on the blog post. The first one is thousands of family caregivers too young for early vaccination are waiting on waiting lists and they are terrified of becoming ill. The second story that you'll find is the most dangerous places that you probably want to avoid in retirement years. Um, And this story is coming from AARP, and it really is talking about reimagining nursing homes, a story that you will want to pay attention to. Uh, The third story that we'll be talking about today is before you say yes to being an executor or even a POA, here are some reasons why you might want to think Twice before you do it. And we this is a very, I think in my opinion, a very important story. If you're a child and you have been assigned the role to play uh, some role of a fiduciary uh, in some fiduciary capacity, you will want to pay attention to the story. But what are some of the dark sides that we don't even think about when we say yes, yeah, this is something we want to do? And finally, if you are leaving an inheritance to your children should you leave it equally or should you leave it fairly? These are two very common issues, particularly when you're dealing with family members who may have different financial situations. Maybe you've got three children. One of them is very successful. The two of them are doing well, but not nearly as financially successful. So should you leave the person who's financially successful an equal amount or a smaller amount? And how will that turn out? And the way that you answer it, will actually determine as to how your siblings are going to get along after your your children are going to get along after you pass away. So these are the stories that we have on the blog site. And I think these are important stories for you to talk about. At least consider as you're planning your retirement years, your affairs as you walk into retirement. If you get your affairs right, then you know, then you don't have to worry about being a burden on other people or having to see your family deal with scrapes that you watch other families deal with and you're hoping that your family will not deal with it. It's all about planning and it's all about making sure that you get it right. Those are the stories you will find on agingoptions.com. But your question, probably more important than these stories, can be answered by you calling in at 1-800-465-8770. And on today's show, we also have a special guest who's going to be coming in, and that guest's name is Joe Hillier from Home Care, uh, from Home Care Home Watch Caregivers. From Home Watch Caregivers, somebody that I've known for for some time, and this is one of those issues that we deal with on a regular basis. Is and in, in, in what we deal with on a regular basis really is. Uh, we want to live our lives in our own home, but how do you make it happen without having our children becoming our unpaid caregivers? I think that's the issue. And I think Joe can point you in the right direction and give you some solutions. If you have any questions about home care, I want to organize the care coming down to my house, but where do I start? How do I go about paying for it? And, and, And who can I call to give me the right answers? Joe will be joining us just shortly, and you should be able to call in and ask your questions. 800-465-8770. That's 1-800-465-8770. And yeah, I also want to remind you that each week that we air, we have a little feature that we play. And the feature is it's a challenge that I give you. Guess what year it was, when, and I'll give you some facts. And your job is to not go to the Internet, but just... Try and see if from memory you can guess what the year it is. And we'll narrow it down. We'll even give you some year ranges. So this week on The Future It Is, what year was it when? NASA was established by President Eisenhower. The average monthly rent was $92 a month. The movie South Pacific was number one at the box office. And this was the biggest song of the year.
2: Let's go to the house.
0: Let's go to the hot, oh, baby Let's go to the hot, oh, baby Let's
2: go to the hop.
0: And was it 1957? Was it 1958? Was it 1959? Your guess. Take a guess. I'll give you the answer. By the time 11 o'clock rolls around, I will give you the answer and see if you get it right. So let's get back to our story, shall we? Uh, again, your, your, the phone lines are open. If you have any questions, give us a call, and we can certainly talk about whatever you have on your mind. But we can talk about any story that you want to talk about. Your, your question, one uh, 800 But the stories that we have, let's go to the first one that I wanted to talk about. Before you say yes to being an executor, you, want, you may want to at least be aware of the dangers of getting it done. And look, when, when a loved one asks us, and then, you know, if, if you're doing any estate planning, if you're going to prepare any legal documents, whether it's wills, whether it's trust, whether it's powers of attorney, we do it with the recognition that there could come a time that maybe one day I'll pass away, in which case somebody will have to manage my affairs. And what that means is somebody will have to gather all the assets. Uh, they'll have to figure out what's in my estate. They will have to either read the will or know the law and make distribution to all the people who are entitled all the stuff that I've accumulated over my lifetime, uh, which includes not only just personal property, but cash and retirement accounts and maybe selling the house, etc. And routinely, we'll be asking, usually our family members, our loved ones, to go ahead and... Uh, Take on that role. And and in some fashion, you you sit down, you kind of think of look at all the people you have in your life and you say, well, who are the people I can trust that they'll do a decent job? And you reach out to them and you put their name on there. Once your name has been added and somebody may give you the courtesy call to say, hey, I'm thinking about putting you as the executor. And what are you going to say? Normally, what I find is nobody says no. Everyone is going to say, "Oh, sure, yeah, not a problem. I'll be there for you." It almost is an honor to be considered for that role, and we just say yes. Problem is, we really don't know what we are getting into. And, and this article does, I think, a really good job. Being an executor, uh, being an executor, may be an honor, but an honor that you may want to avoid. Why? One, any time that you're dealing with. Particularly the role of an executor. Understand that this task, on an average, could take roughly about 16 months before you're going to go settle the estate. Now, in my own law practice, you know, we work, we try and work hard. To, to settle an estate somewhere between 9 to 12 months. And that's if we are moving at a pretty darn decent clip, uh, because there's a process you have to follow. And, and the process the law requires is less time consuming then the reality that usually the affairs of the estate are not quite organized. And when the affairs are not organized, you just have to go with the flow. You have to figure out where the assets are, where uh, the beneficiaries are. You have to then organize the liquidation of the assets, et cetera. It's, I think, lack of organization that, that, takes, that, that makes it so that there's a lot of time that is spent. If the estate is organized properly then it doesn't need to take a lot of time. And when you take a look at the the average number of months that it takes to go ahead and settle an estate, it's about 16 months. And roughly the average uh, uh, executor will spend about 570 hours of effort over that period to settle the estate. If your estate is between... $5 million to $15, $20 million, then it'll take roughly about 42 months for you to settle that estate, and you can count on having to spend 1,200 hours to, uh, to complete that task. It's a pretty thankless task. Some of you have been through the whole process, not an easy task. Everyone wants you to to settle the estate as quickly as possible and do it fairly. So that's the first reason why you should be thinking twice about the whole thing. And, And and if you're going to take on the task then I will probably give I will give you some some recommendations as to how you want the estate to be organized before you take the task on. That's coming up in just a second. The second thing that you need to understand that if you take on the role of an executor, the single biggest challenge that you probably are going to find is that you don't know where all the assets are hidden. Finding the assets can be much, much harder than you're anticipating. And so you start with usually watching the mail. Bills come in, uh, statements come in from different bank accounts, different investment places. But there are several times that you may not even know that there's nothing that comes in the mail. For example, very common for the older generation, particularly our parents, to have invested in bonds and stuff like that. And they are probably just sitting there. And just recently, I've been working on an, uh, a, a probate where there were some bonds that were sitting in the estate that are taking us about two years to cash just the bonds up. a whole slew of bonds. The process that you have to go through to go ahead and get the bonds done, you have to write to the government, they send you a form, you fill the form out, you get recognized, the executor, then you send that back, and then that then you send the bonds to the government some of the banks don't, most of the banks don't want to go and cash them out particularly if you're trying to get them cashed out in your role as an, as an executor and that takes just just months and months and, and reasonably people are going to be, the, the heirs in the estate are going to be saying, well what's going on can we get our money, can we just settle this estate and so that takes some time so finding assets can be much harder than what you would have anticipated number three, your fiduciary puts you in danger of being sued. And it is not uncommon, and you've heard it, right? It's not uncommon for you to hear of times when somebody is the executor. they're trying to do their level best, but their level best is probably not good enough for the people who are counting on getting an inheritance. And it is so easy with the hindsight of 2020 to make a claim that the person is acting Improperly, They're not acting diligently. Uh, they, they're just, they're just uh, stretching the whole process down. And there's a good likelihood that you probably could get sued in the process. Indeed, as a lawyer, I've done both sides of the fence, right? I have sued executives when we thought that they were not doing the job properly. And on the other side, we've also defended executors who have been sued to say this is just normal part of it. These, are, these These are the steps that we are taking. So there is a lot to... Uh, to to the tasks that we are given routinely. Now, the question is, should you say yes? Of course you should say yes. I mean, these likely are going to be a mom and dad or some loved one who is counting on you because they don't know anyone. Uh, So should you say no to them? Probably not. They need some help. But before you say yes, I think you need to sit down and and have a requirement, a checklist of things that you want to make sure that are put in place. For example, if you're going to be assigned the role of an executor, you need to have visibility of where all the estate assets are going to be. You need to be able to know who the beneficiaries are in the estate, and preferably if you can get a hold of uh, a copy of the will or the trust, whatever document is in place, then you get a copy of the will or trust so you can see it, and, and just make sure you internalize it. And the third thing that you want to do is to make sure that you know you can envision the steps that you're going to take when the person passes away. If they are willing to give you visibility to all of this, then, yeah, you should say yes. If they do not want to give you visibility to all these steps, then I think you would probably be better off saying no. So that's the story that we have. I thought that was a good good story for you to pay attention to. Go to agingoptions.com, take a look at the story, and we are going to slip out for the first break. Remind you again that we have the What Year Was It playing, and you're going to be guessing the What Year. We'll come back and play that for you once again. And we have Joe Hillier who will be joining us on the call right after this break.
4: Safe, independent, living in comfortable surroundings. That's where we all want to be. It's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives, even as they age. How do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them? HomeWatch caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the costs and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers, call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006, or visit us on the web at HomeWatchCaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. HomeWatch Caregivers. Let our family take care of yours.
1: Now back to Aging Options. My life, my plan, my way. Changing the way America thinks of, plans for, and navigates through retirement with life planning coach Rajiv Nagayich.
0: And welcome back to Aging Options. Can you guess what year was it when NASA was established by President Eisenhower? The average rent was ninety-two dollars a month, and the move uh, and the movie South Pacific was the number one movie at the box office. And this was the biggest song of the year. Let's
2: go to the hop, let's go to the hop, oh baby. Let's go to the hop.
0: What's it? 1957? Was it 1958? Was it 1959? Three guesses. Take a guess. We'll be giving the answer by the time 11 o'clock rolls around. And we have Joe Hillier, who's now joining us on the air. Welcome to the show, Joe. Hey,
3: good morning, Rajiv. Thanks for having me today.
0: Hey, it's good to have you here. So you were out uh, with your family on a soccer match, as I understand it, this morning. (laughs) Actually, this time it was a cross-country meet. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) cross-country Well, good. I'm glad you were doing that. You know what what great times you have, and the kids don't stay young very long, so it's nice to be able to spend all the time that you can with them. Thanks for joining us on the day. Despite your family responsibilities, Joe, uh, there are two stories that we have on agingoptions.com that I thought would be particularly interesting, and I want to get your take on it. One of the stories is, uh, that uh, the, the most dangerous place to spend time as a retiree turns out to be a nursing home. And it is in sync with this. I mean, all these stories really reinforce the fact that when somebody in retirement is saying that I don't want to leave my house, I want to be able to age at home, uh, there's a reason why that happens. And this a- story from AARP talks about the issue, and they're talking about we need to reimagine nursing homes. And the question to me becomes let's reimagine having a home where you can you can be assured of bringing the care coming in. And the second story that I think is somewhat related here, not quite related but it's somewhat related is that thousands of family caregivers too young for early vaccines are on waiting lists. They are terrified of becoming ill and to me the question becomes why are the family members stuck in the role of being a caregiver? And these stories all connect the connect back to you at home watch caregivers so tell us a little bit about what is home watch caregivers and what do you guys do
3: well we are that in-home care company that helps take care of your loved senior your mom your dad your aunt your uncle your auntie grandma grandpa we we take care of you in your home so that you can remain in that palace that fortress that you've raised your family in your your whole life folks has been 40 50 years in their homes we do everything possible to help them stay there as long as possible, so that they can age in place gracefully.
0: Right, and so you've been providing care in, in the in the Seattle area. You're out of the Tacoma office. How long have you been in business now, Joe?
3: <laughs> I personally, I you know my my adventure in home care began whole oh, 25 years ago, and I began taking care of my own father and his you know progression through Alzheimer's disease uh, you know, that was uh, that was back in Ohio. I was still, in, you know, in the military at that time, and, you know, I was uh, trying to have my professional career and take care of my family and, you know, take care of my dad. And, you know, it was work for my, you know, so much work for my my, my brother and I. And then my brother got sick along the way, and, you know, I lost him to cancer. And so, oh, no. you know, I'm taking care of my dad after that. And, uh, you know, along the way, I've learned everything you can imagine about memory care, home health, palliative care, and, all that with my dad and brother and then you know after I lost both of them I had to make that gut wrenching decision that I personally had to move my mom out of her home she'd been in for 50 mm-hmm. years because you know she was back in Ohio and she couldn't take care of herself anymore and you know she was stubborn she wanted to be there but you know macular g- generation visited her, and she could not see very well and so she came and spent 10 years living in my home here in, in western Washington and And they, uh, you know, with the family, and we we lived home care with her for many years, and you know, almost ten years with her. And then, when I, you know, over the years, I decided this was a business I was pretty good at, and (laughs) that's what uh, you know got me hooked up with home watch caregivers. And home watch caregivers, we've been in in the home care business for forty one years. We've been doing this longer than you know any home care company in North America. And uh, you know, we've we've seen a lot, hundreds of millions of hours of uh, care, and. You know, we haven't seen everything, but, you know, we, we know the solution. You know, if someone needs care in the home and wants to be in the home as long as possible, then we, we can figure out a plan for that.
0: So clearly not not in business for two years or three years, and just trying to go ahead and get this going, you've been at it for a while, and a lot of good experience oh, yeah. uh, folks, if you have any questions uh, about home caregiving right you 've got a loved one who's not well, you 're kind of concerned about them, you yourself are a caregiver, and you're running through a rough patch, you just don 't know how to handle things. This is a great day to call you can you can give us a call directly at one eight hundred four six five eight seven seventy. 800-465-8770. Talk directly to Joe. He probably will give you uh, the right answers, put you on the right track. Joe, got a question for you. So, so with all the experience that you have, you took care of your dad, your brother. Unfortunately, at a young age, he passed on. And then you took care of your mom. You brought her here from Ohio. She moved to Washington and, and, and did everything. One of the most common hopes that we all have in retirement is I hope to be able to live out my life all the way in the home what can people what should people be doing to turn that hope into a reality that they will be able to live with because and just hoping by itself is not going to make it happen what is the one step people should be taking today to make sure that if they have a hope of living their life in their own home they have put in place pieces to that puzzle that will assure them that they will be able to do so
3: they need to have a plan, machine. They need to have a plan that takes into account, uh, you know, the, the financial obligation or financial cost of being in the home, and the, you know, the legal side of it. You know, everything that you folks do with aging options, and they they also need to be thinking about, you know, how do they invest their money now so if they've got plenty of money to afford care later, things like long-term care, insurance. But it's, it's having a plan. You know, I'm, a, I'm an old project manager from, from, you know, many lifetimes ago. And, you know, in project management, we always talk about plan your work, work your plan. And, it, you know, just having a plan may just be a 80%, 90% plan or even less, but having a plan that, so that you know what's coming. We know we're going to get older. You know, we know we're going to need some help because we, you know, go down, that, down the road. So it's like, you know, how about we want that to work? We need to have a plan.
0: So, you know, when, when we talk about it at Aging Options, I look at that clearly. I think that's all we do is to help people have a plan. And the plan is that as I grow old, I don't want to end up uh, in a nursing home against my wishes. I don't want to die broke. I certainly don't want to become a burden to the loved ones. And housing is a very central piece to the whole thing. Avoiding a nursing home means that having a plan to be able to live your life at home. So when we take a look at this issue, uh, I, we have identified that there are three things that you need to take a look at. There are three parts to the plan when somebody says, I want to live my life in my own home. The first one is that you had better be living in an age-friendly home, right? I mean, many of the homes I'm sure you go to, uh, they're wonderful homes, beautiful homes, but the bedroom is on the third floor, the laundry is in the basement, and there are 18 steps to navigate before you can even get to the front door or three steps to navigate before you can even get to the front door. And the day that you fall down, break your hip, the reason why you probably can't come home is because of the navigation. So, tell, to talk to us a little bit about that. How do you, how do you help people deal with that issue? And at a planning stage, what can people do differently?
3: Well, you know, the first thing is, you know, things change for you as you, you know, you grow older. Um, is be looking for that home that, you know, that you may want to move into. Maybe you've downsized a little bit, or, but you know, some folks' homes are just too big as the family's own. But you want to stay in that home. It's yours. And so it is getting, you know, realizing you're going to get older, things are going to change. Your mobility may change a bit, and starting to do those modifications, you know, a few years out from when you probably need them, or, you know, things, just things like, you know, certain types of rails, or you know, you know, modifying your bathroom a bit to so be able to maneuver as, as you get older, and things like that. Um, but you know, that's things that can be done in the home, I and mean, that's the first thing that when we go into the home to do an evaluation with a new client and. We have to look around and figure out. You know, know, are they safe? You know, what's mobility? How's their mobility going to be here? Are they going to be able to move around without a risk of falling? Or are they always going to be able to have three points of contact and so on and so forth as they move about their house? And are they going to need help trying to move around their own home? So, but you know, it's part of plan. You know, it's part of your plan to you know age in place gracefully and be in your home as long as possible. Is you can start doing little things today to make it more uh, mobility friendly and more more senior friendly you
0: know right and and do you if somebody called you joe your agency and said look we are not old yet and and we are probably not going to be old for another 60 years uh, but i want to make sure that the home is age friendly if i did fall ill today if i did fall down break my hip can you do an assessment and tell me what i should be changing about my house
3: Absolutely, absolutely. We can we can come in and we can do give you a best case, worst case assessment based on you know what how affordable it's going to be. But you know, there's if you took a fall, you know, because of uh, moving around the house that you know wasn't set up to you know, be you know mobility friendly for you. You know, there's there's a few modifications that are going to have to be done, and we also. We have a great list of folks that can you know come out and help you with that, uh, whether it's just a local uh you know handyman that needs to do a few things or if it's something major you know we've got a great list of contractors and stuff that you know you know that are senior friendly and understand you know what it's like to you know aid trying to age in your own home and you know how to make that place work for you and make it at an affordable cost so but yeah you know we we that's one of the many things we do is we sit down with folks to make sure that house is safe for them to move around so
0: they're not going to take a second fall. Right. And, and, and so that's the first thing we need to do is to secure the house as friendly. And it's interesting, Joe, that you said that in the first thing you do when you go to somebody's house, you take a look at how, how age friendly it is. And I've always I've always mused about the fact, why do we wait till the last minute? It's not a question if we are going to need some help at some time in future. There's an uh, 85% chance that we are going to need some help at some time in future, but we almost always wait to the last minute. Some of the modifications that need to be done could be done much earlier, and that's how you gain confidence and assurance that the day I fall ill, the care will come to me. I will not have to move to a place of care. And if you're, if you're wondering whether your home is age-friendly enough or not, and you just want someone to come by, take a look at the uh, take a look at the home. Perhaps you can just call HomeWatch Caregivers and ask for Joe at 253-564-1006. 253-564-1006. That would be the phone number to call for HomeWatch Caregivers. And just ask. They can come down to an assessment, kind of talk to you about how to build the plan so that the day that you fall ill, you're not going to be moved from your place of care. That's the big thing that we want to do is to have that assurance. And if you have any questions for Joe directly, give us a call 800 465 that's 800-465-8770. And I think Lee is on the phone doing just that. Lee, welcome to the uh, two aging options. You're on the air. How can we help?
2: Well, well good morning. Well, your good time morning. is perfect. Um, <laughs> no my good. mom is 96. Now, she's lived with me in my house for 17 years, and she's very, very sharp mentally. I mean, like a like a 30-year-old. Um, she recently fell, got a hairline fracture in her pelvis. She's now in a skilled nursing home for I don't know how long. Um, now, she does not have money, only like 11 50 a month from Social Security. And I don't have extra funds to remodel or, you know, adapt. I, I created a little apartment in the house. Uh, I did contact Medicaid. Um, but I'm just wondering, you know, uh, <laughs> depending on the organization, I mean, everybody's looking to save money and do, it, do, do things the way that saves them money, keeps mm-hmm. them from having to put out money. I don't know what my resources are in this particular arena now. And I love some, you know, go-tos and answers and such.
0: So let me ask you a couple of questions here real quickly. Was your mom, sure. was your dad? Uh, were your mom and dad married when your dad passed away? Yes. And was your dad a veteran? No. Okay. So the only help that you're going to get, financial help that you're going to get, is through the Medicaid program. And the, what is your mom's yeah. income, roughly?
2: She gets 11, about 11 about 50 a month from Social Security.
0: Okay. So the Medicaid program will be easy for you to go ahead and qualify uh, her to go ahead and, uh, to to qualify for. And what Medicaid will do is they will actually pay for a few hours of care each day coming to your home. So when you apply for Medicaid, oh. they will do they'll send a social worker to do a psychosocial evaluation and they will determine the number of hours your mom should be eligible for by way of caregiving. And you can use those hours once a day. You can use those hours like two days a week in in, in longer chunks. And, And you can use the hours any which darn way that you want to go ahead and use it. I dare say that, you know, Medicaid is not very generous for care at home. They will pay for roughly about 180 hours on a monthly basis, which amounts to about five or six hours a day and if you if you need mm-hmm. a little bit more help, then you may have to pay a little bit out of pocket and hire the same caregiver and pay them privately oh. for a few extra hours if that 's what you want to do but clearly, I think your biggest oh. resource at this point of time is financial resources going to be the Medicaid program. If your dad was a veteran, then there would be some v a benefits that would also be available to your mom. but at this point of time, you have only Medicaid now Medicaid does provide some uh, home modification minimal amount of home modification they will pay for things like fall alert systems uh if you have stairs and steps they'll pay a small amount of money for you to make minimal modifications. Joe, are you familiar with what Medicaid does by way of home mods
3: um, yes a yes yes they they'll come in with the ramp and the rails and you know help get the the home so it's mobile friendly fr- friendly for this for the senior so
0: can you help someone like Lee out, uh, Joe? W- w- what is what would you be able to do for her if she was looking for help with her mom? Clearly, there's not much money up here, and and we but we do have Medicaid benefits. Are you able to help people like Lee out?
3: We we can help Lee. Yeah, we help Lee connect the dots. Uh, we can do what we can to help her. And if if we have if if we can our resources can help her, then we we have other we can't help her. Then we have other resources out there we can direct her to within her community.
0: Um, right. And so, Lee, I think the, the starting point would to be down. to recognize that at this point in time, your mom is probably going to need care. As long as she's in the rehab center, as long as she's getting skilled care, Medicare will pay for it. But the moment that she is no longer uh-huh. deemed appropriate for skilled care, now you're going to look at either private pay or Medicaid. The fact that she does not have any assets uh-huh. or resources means that qualification from asset perspective is going to be easy. And when she does qualify for Medicaid, if you access care at home, which will be limited number of hours, she will be able to keep roughly about $900 of her $1,100 income to pay for groceries and utilities, etc. And the rest of the money she will have to pay the caregiver. If she, if you are looking for a yeah. housing option, then adult family homes, et cetera, Medicaid will cover those also, but you may have a harder time trying to find a good adult family home that will take Medicaid right off the bat. So I think you certainly have options. Yeah. What I would suggest is take Joe's phone number, two five three five six four one zero zero six. Call him directly and see if he can whoa, help. Whoa, whoa, out. well, oh.
2: you're too fast, too fast. Okay, two five three five six one.
0: Five six four oh, one
2: four. zero zero six. Got it. Okay. Right, um, so give it, him a call. If not, then give any is...
0: options a call. Uh, we can try and point you in the right direction also. But I think you do have more resources than what you really think you do.
2: Okay. Yeah. My biggest concern was trying to figure out whether it's better to have her come home because I'm not set up with all the railings and stuff. And I, it would ruin my home to put, I mean, unless they're temporary things that snap in and snap back out again. Um, cause I'm looking at selling my home at some point And, uh, right. so I'm kind of looking at, um, yeah, those things.
0: So if you, if you hold on, you know, I have a definite thought, or, or you can uh, listen to it off air. There's a definite thought. I think your gut is telling you all the right answers. The real question at this point in time is not just money, but how do you approach mom's life differently? When we come back, I'll kind of shed some light on that as to how you should go about a- asking the right questions so you can get all the right answers. Uh, we are a little over for the break. Let's take our uh, break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Joe Hillier a little bit about watch Caregivers and what does it. Take for you to plan a life so you don't have to worry about having to leave your home should you fall ill. This is Aging Options. We'll be back right after the break.
4: Does someone you love need care in the home? An elderly parent or relative? A spouse dealing with a long term illness? Maybe a family member facing a disability? HomeWatch Caregivers can help. With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. Whether you need help on a full-time basis or just a few hours a week, our trained and experienced caregivers are matched to meet your needs. We can even help with access to on-call physician support along with in-home care. Why not let our family take care of yours? HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006, 253-564-1006, or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. HomeWatch Caregivers, let our family take care of yours now back
1: to aging options health housing finance legal and family my life my plan my way know your options here is life planning coach rajiv Nagayich,
0: and welcome back to aging options this is elder law attorney rajiv Nagayich today joined by a very special guest joe hillier of home watch caregivers joe is your ticket to make sure that if you're hoping to be able to live out your life in your own home and avoid institutional care, uh, I think he can make it happen. So, Joe, we were talking to Lee uh, before the break, and, and Lee's mom fell down, and, and she is in the rehab center right now. And then and, and the question, of course, is how do I approach her housing issues? And, and Lee clearly called about she wanted to know what resources are available to her. Uh, any any thoughts that that maybe we have not covered, and then I can give her some pointers on uh, how to frame the issue, maybe a little bit differently, so she can get all the right answers. But I'll go to you, Joe. First, anything on on your end that we've missed out on?
3: No, um, I would definitely like to talk to Lee um, some more when she has time to give us a call, and uh, trying to find a way to help her, and a. Uh, no, and Rajiv, you walked walked her through how how everything's laid out for that transition from where mom is now to where she wants to be, and a uh, yeah, I just you know I can sit down with Lee and have a candid, in depth conversation and figure out you know how, how we're going to take care of mom.
0: Got it. And you know I want to continue the conversation about how does VA really help if there's a veteran if if Joe's uh, sorry if Lee's mom happened to be married to a veteran, or she was a veteran herself. There's some VA benefits. We'll come back. I want you to comment on that. But in the meantime, Lee, (laughs) let me say this to you. You call the show. I think you're looking for resources. I think you're asking all the right questions. But you're not using the right words, in my opinion. The real question that is burning in your stomach at this point of time is not just how do I get resources, where do I go. The real question burning in your stomach is this how do I approach mom's life so she can have as good a quality of life as is possible under the conditions, hopefully me being able to uh, protect my assets and not drown in the financial weight of this caregiving mess or lose my sanity in the process, right? I mean, however uh, the, the, the stars have lined up, your mom, she's done a good job. She's got a social security income. She's raised a wonderful child who has taken responsibility to provide for her care and you guys have been living together for many many years but now she's taken a tumble and the real question again is how do i approach life so she has a good quality of life and that to me looks like a housing issue and your gut reaction probably is going to be and i can say this with a degree of certainty that as far as your mom is concerned her hopes probably will be i want to come back home And that will put you in some sort of an odd situation because to make the home age-friendly, you may have to do modifications that may not be uh, to your liking or that may take uh, some money to go ahead and get, get affected. And when you want to sell the house, you're going to have to undo all these modifications. So you're asking the right question from that perspective. But look at it from mom's perspective. Is her coming home the right answer? And and my suspicion is it would only be a good answer for mom to come back home if you can somehow assure that the next time she takes a tumble, she will be able to come back home, and there won't be a repeated move and a move and a move. So she fell down. She went to the hospital. From there, she's in a rehab center. Now she's going to go to the next place, and then from the next place, if there's another episode, she'll, she'll go through the same circuit again. About the worst thing that I see older people in America have to deal with, is multiple moves in a very weakened state. So your goal should be, how do I assure that my mom is not going to be in that situation? And yeah, you can bring her back home, but there would be nothing wrong if you would spend a little bit of time to find the right housing option, a good adult family home perhaps, where they will be able to take care of mom's needs as she is today, but you can also be assured that if her needs increase over time, they have both the skill set and the manpower to be able to accommodate her needs. And in your case, a third reality you'd be looking at is this place would need to effectively access, allow your mom to access Medicaid benefits. There are a few of those places out there, and if you need to find that place, you can start looking at it. The the DSHS website has a list of adult family homes. I dare say it won't be very easy for you to to deal with. There's a adult family home association that's there, and they've got a website somewhere, and you can look for it. But that website, I think, is almost never kept up to date. And then there are some people you can count on who can point you in the right direction. They're called, uh, they, they basically are, are, are home, home finders, if you will. There are several companies that do that. And there are a couple of names that I know that we can give you the names of these people, and they can help you locate a place that will accept Medicaid, and they'll kind of guide you through the process. Uh, Usually it doesn't cost you anything. uh, They get paid by the home when they find the right home for your mom. And you don't have to feel that you have to accept any of the recommendations. You should watch and see uh, what options they're giving you. If you like the option, then you can place your mom. And that is how the, the agency, the placement agency, is going to get paid. So I think the first question you should look at is the housing. Once you have the housing, then you can take a look at it. And I dare say that Joe should be a good point, a good starting point for you to look at, and he can help you sort through the questions. So hopefully that kind of gives you some answer. But, but uh, Joe, I want to come to you a little bit and talk to you about VA benefits. I know you're a veteran yourself, and you and I have off the air had many conversations about your heart for the veterans. What kind of resources do the VA benefits give veterans if they were in the same situation as Lee's mom is right now?
3: Okay, Rajiv. Um, well, if they've been a uh, you know, um, customer to the VA, for many years, you know, they, they get their care through the VA. Then there's a couple of different directions they can go. You know, the VA has got a program that will give them up to 28 hours of care in the home each week, and then there's also the aid in attendance program out there that they uh, will help provide some funds for even more hours. So there's there's those two programs that are the the most well known right now, and they uh, in you know I, I, I approach it from you know. I'm a veteran. I, you know, I, I'm a grumpy old VA, VA customer <laughs> sometimes, but they, uh, um, but you know, knowing it from the um, the different programs they run, and, and they have become very good here in in the last. Year or so with the the twenty eight hours of care that they get to veterans, they're very good. You know, there's you know, as long as you're in the VA system and you've been to a VA doctor and the doctors you know, diagnose you know you whatever you know is, is going on with you, and then they authorize the care, the VA turns it on just like that. I get many calls each week uh, just just for that. So, and the VA source workers that you know put all that together throughout Texas now, they're they're a good bunch. Um, VA a mm-hmm. attendance, Takes a little bit more time, and uh, it's one of those things that you know. As you see things coming, uh, it, it's best to start your application process. You know, much earlier than later. Um, you don't want to wait until you know you're in the hospital and or your loved ones in the hospital to to make that application. If they're a veteran and um, you know they've they they what am I trying to say? It. They <laughs> they meet all the requirements. Then immediately turn that in, that paperwork in. It takes anywhere between three and six months for that process, that paperwork to get processed and folks to get awarded their you know, aid and attendance benefits.
0: Right, and in addition to the, the VA, the Aid and Attendance uh, or the Homebound programs, these are two programs that you can get, and if you happen to have a service-connected disability, then there's the VA Compensation program that can actually help you with a lot of issues. There's, there are also yeah. other benefits that you can reach out to Aging Options, and there's a young man called Aaron Baker. He can point you in the right direction when it comes to these benefits. There are If you are a disabled veteran and you're living at home and the home needs some modifications, the the VA will give grants of somewhere between $6,000 in the low end of it, all the way up to about $80,000 in the high end of it, that you can actually make modifications to your home. And these are benefits that generally, if people are not aware of them, they are not going to get them. But if you're aware of the whole program, then you can ask for the VA. And then VA is quite generous. If you call them and say, I've got dad, mom, who's And they're living in their own home. We need some help with modifying the home. Maybe the bathroom needs to be modified. Take out the bathtub and put in a walk in shower. They will give you money to go ahead and make that happen. And those programs are very much out there. So you can take a look at those programs, too. If you have any questions along these lines, give us a call. 1-800-465-8770. That's one eight hundred four six five eight seven seventy. 465 Joe, let's continue on our conversation about, you know, what people can do to plan ahead of time. So we talked about uh, the home being age-friendly and that you are able to help assist people make sure that their home is age-friendly. So if they call you and say, we want to make sure that our age is home-friendly or you can give us guidance as to what changes we need to make, that's something that you can do for people. Is that right?
3: Yes, yes, we can.
0: Got it. The next thing that comes into when somebody says, I want to stay at home, then obviously looking at money. Where will the money come from? And our health care system says Medicare will not pay for long term care. If you have a heart attack, stroke, cancer, diabetes, it's all covered. But if you happen to have long term care issues, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementia, had a stroke, you're paralyzed, you are compromised. You need someone to cook for you, clean for you, get you out of bed. Everything that your agency, Joe, does that is not covered under Medicare, is it?
3: No, it's not. No.
0: So where do people find money? We we talked about those programs, but just to make sure that everyone heard it, where do people find money where Medicare says no? Where where can people find money to pay for these types of health care uh, healthcare needs?
3: Well, I would tell you that the, the best source of money for that is planning ahead and having long-term care insurance. Uh, long-term care insurance comes in – different shapes and sizes depending on where in their, you know, the course of their life folks uh, signed up for it. But that is part of a financial plan that if you are planning to, you know, as you plan to age age on, age in place, as you plan to get older, um, you know, having that money available when time comes, when you slow down, you need some help, it's there. Um, Otherwise, you're going to, you know, be – getting into your savings or however you just chose to save for your retirement or so ch- chose to save, you know, whatever amount of money you've, you've, you've saved along the way um, to cover the cost of care as you get older, um, you know, that's where that money's going to come from. Now, if you have a catastrophic or a traumatic, you know, issue that requires care, you know, a, lots of long-term care, then in the... Uh, it, it's going to be much more costly, and that's, you know, that's, that kind of a emergency or that kind of a, uh, you know, the, the, the need for those types of funds, that's going to, you know, drain your savings quickly. So, but you need to have, have the plan for, you know, private pay. If you don't have um, long-term care insurance having that plan in place to be able to pay out of pocket, um, you know, it's, it starts now. It starts It starts years out.
0: Exactly. And, and so I think you're right about the whole thing that when it comes down to the money part of it, either you pay privately and paying privately is sometimes long term care insurance. Or you can take a look at the VA or the Medicaid programs. There is no other bucket that you can take a look at unless until you've got a very long, uh, very wealthy relative of yours who is wanting to absolutely help you out in the process. So pay privately. Look at a long-term care insurance policy and maybe understand VA and Medicaid benefits in the long run. How many of your uh, veteran clients, uh, uh, Joe, how do you help your veteran clients actually navigate this process of the VA benefits that they're entitled to?
3: Well, the first thing I'm going to say with VA veterans is if you have never – you'd be surprised how many veterans have never gone to the VA to – Get into the VA medical system. It's, it's surprising because you have so many military bases out here in Puget Sound. Many of them, and like myself, we still use the, the military hospital on base, but you know it's essential that you know if you're a veteran and you've got just you know even just a 0% disability rating it, 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 it's essential that you in-process the VA so that when the time comes when you know as you're getting older and, and you can you, when you want to tap into these benefits that you, you've already got your access to the system. You don't have to start from, from scratch. It, it, it's amazing how many times I get a veteran that um, they, they have not uh, have ever gone over to the VA and have, are unaware of their benefits, and then we have to backtrack through the VA. And then, you know, it's always a time of crisis when you know they've taken that fall and are in the hospital and they're coming out and they're trying to figure out how to afford, afford care. You know, we're, we're scrambling trying to help them get into the system so that they can, you know, get prioritized and have the system help them. But, you know, it, it's the first thing I tell every veteran out there, that if you have not sat down, talked with the VA, got your, your, your registration at the VA so you can be, go to the VA hospital, it, they need to do that. That's the first thing they need to do.
0: Got it, yeah. And there are, I mean, there certainly is, if, if you know where to look, there's certainly a lot of help. Listen, we are way over for our break. I'm sorry I missed out on the time, didn't realize as to we were already up for the break. Why don't we take the last break? When we come back, Joe, we'll continue this conversation. We have Ron, who's joining us from Lakewood. He has a question on reverse mortgages as well. And when we come back, we'll continue this conversation. And also the tease about what year was it? NASA was established by President Eisenhower. Average monthly rent in this year was ninety two dollars a month. The movie South Pacific was the number one at the box, number one hit at the box office, and this was the biggest song of the year.
2: Was it 1957,
0: the hot. 58, or fifty nine? When we come back in the next segment we will give you the answer what year this was we'll be back right after the break
4: safe independent living in comfortable surroundings that's where we all want to be it's no different for your parents and other elderly relatives even as they age how do you make it easier for them to stay in the home they love by bringing the care to them home caregivers can help With more than 40 years of experience providing compassionate care, HomeWatch Caregivers is America's oldest and most experienced home care company. We know what to do, we know how to help, and we know how to make care affordable. When you compare the costs and benefits of home care to nursing homes or other institutional settings, you'll be amazed at just how affordable in-home care can be. HomeWatch Caregivers, Western Washington's best home care. HomeWatch Caregivers. Call us today at 253-564-1006 to schedule your free consultation. That's 253-564-1006 or visit us on the web at homewatchcaregivers.com. Call us today at 253-564-1006. Homewatch Caregivers. Let our family take care of yours.
1: Now back to aging options. My life, my plan, my way. Changing the way America thinks of plans for and navigates through retirement with life planning coach Rajiv
0: Nagayach. And welcome back to Aging Options. This is Elder Law Attorney Rajiv Nagai, along with my very special guest in the studio today, Joe Hillier of HomeWatch Caregivers. Joe and his company, they are your ticket to make sure that if you're hoping not to leave your home, should you fall ill, that the care comes to you? Yep, he's the guy who can make that happen. And you can reach Joe and his company at 253 Five six four one zero zero six. That's two five three five six four one zero zero six. If you have any questions, we may be able to squeeze in one more call, but we do have right now Ron, who's calling from Lakewood. What's your question, Ron? Uh, this kind of tags in with what you've been uh, talking about.
1: <clears throat> Another uh, source of income. What do you think of reverse mortgages,
0: Joe?
3: Well, I've seen a lot of change in reverse mortgages over the years. Um, reverse mortgages, people kind of used to look look at it, you know, as scant, and uh, they they you know wondered if they were such a good value. Now, in the last three or four years, I've seen some reverse mortgage companies that are doing some great things to help seniors and keeping the value of the home, and you know, the, the seniors not paying much out of pocket for the service, and uh, it, it 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 facilitates being able to age in place gracefully and, you know, stay in that home. And, you know, it's one of those things that is worth talking about if that's what you're considering right
0: now. And and let me just just add on to that one, Ron, a little bit. I think is a reverse mortgage, really the question should be, is the reverse mortgage the right way for me to tap into the equity of the house so I can stay at home to be able to pay the caregiving expenses? The answer is if you have looked at the rest of your life and made the decision, that if I could just tap into the equity of the house, that'll give me enough of a financial bandwidth that I will never have to leave this house again, then a reverse mortgage is a godsend. If you take a look at the rest of your life and say, I'm 54, I'm disabled. If I use the reverse mortgage, the reverse mortgage amount of money that I will get will be tapped out before I'm going to shuffle this mortal coil, then a reverse mortgage may not be appropriate for you. So used under the right circumstances, a reverse mortgage truly is a godsend. And here's what I say to most of my people who are planning for their retirement years. We know that if you want to live your life in your own home, you're going to need an age-friendly home, you're going to need the financial means, and you're going to need a commitment from your family that they will support your decision to stay at home and will not be deterred by the health care providers, doctors and such in the health care system who will probably be advocating that you should go to some retirement community, some place of care. If you can... Pull together all these three pieces, then while you're in the planning stages and you've looked at the house and said, look, it's age friendly. We will be able to live our lives up here. I just want to go ahead and create a checkbook, a cash flow. So when I fall ill, my kids know they're to call uh, Joe Hillier of Home Watch Caregivers. They will come, HomeWatch will come and provide the care at home. Now the question is, where will the money come from to pay for them? And I have either a long-term care policy or my income will cover some of that and I have a reverse mortgage and I give my kids a checkbook to say, if all my savings run out, then you start using this checkbook and you can still keep me in my own home without having to worry about where will the money come from. Under those conditions, I think a reverse mortgage is a godsend. And people should think about creating a line of credit before you fall ill. If you are sure that this is the house you're going to spend the rest of your life, you never were, are, are going to leave the house. Now, if you get a reverse mortgage and you have to find yourself selling the house, that reverse mortgage will need to be paid off. So that's why a reverse mortgage is probably not a good idea if you have not taken all the steps to ensure that this is the house that you're going to retire the rest of your life. Does that well, sure answer your question, here. Ron? Come again? That's good Good
1: advice.
0: I Thank you. Good, 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 good. Thanks for the call, Ron. And that leaves the line uh-huh. open if you have a question for Joe. Well, I think we are at 1057, Joe. I don't think that we have time to go ahead and take another question. But there was a great question from Ron. Joe, so getting back to you, I know you help people live their lives in their own home. You have some very special offers you give veterans. Talk to us a little bit about oh,
3: that. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, it, it's real simple. I, I uh, take care of my veterans, and ten uh, percent off all of our services is, is our is our special with our veterans. And, and we also help veterans connect the dots with you know, depending on where they live in in, in Pierce County and in Kitsap County and King County and all Puget Sound. We try and help them connect the dots with other resources out there that just to help take care of them and make life a bit easier for them there and home.
0: Got it. So tell our veterans and all our listeners, actually, anyone who has a hope and a wish of being able to live out their lives in their own home. How do they get a hold of you uh, to start a conversation or dialogue with you?
3: Best way to get hold of me is call me at 253-564-1006 and tell, tell my uh, girl, Chanel, she's going to answer her phone and tell her you want to talk to Joe. You can also email me at jhillier at hwcg.com and if you just if you have questions you just want to talk you or just trying to figure out where to go with things and uh, you know how to you know how to direct traffic uh, please give me a call happy to talk to you happy to help you work through it happy to help help you make that plan so we can keep you in that home that you love as long as possible
0: thank you joe thanks for on coming on this saturday hope you'll be back with us again
3: Thank you, Richie.
0: Thanks for having me today. You bet. Thank you. And let's go back to a real question. What year was it? NASA was established by President Eisenhower. Average monthly rent was 92. South Pacific was the number one box office. And this was the biggest song of the year.
2: And if you guess it was
0: 1958, Ah, you would be right. This was in 1958. The rent was $92 a month. Listen, thank you for spending another hour with us at Aging Options. Hopefully you'll do that again next week. We'll talk to you at the same time, same place next week. Age on, everyone.